So you're going out June twenty first. I mean, I'm not going out, but that's... oh no, I'm giving it like I'm giving it like maybe a week, two weeks. Let let the COVID leave the air first. <laughs> Tell our producer Ebuka that. Tell our producer Ebuka that. He was like, "So are we going? Are we are we starting from up north, down south, or what's that Hello and welcome to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. This is an episode all centered on the magic of animation. Later, we're going to be discussing Soul, the latest entry into the Disney Pixar canon. But first, we're going to just talk about some of the animated films that have impacted us in the last few years. I'm joined in this episode by one of my oldest friends and a big fan of the medium, Zikara Agbaku. Zikara, how are you? Hi, doing well, doing well. Nice to be on the podcast. It's nice to have you. Thanks for accepting our invite. Where are you? What are you doing? All right. Uh, okay. So first off, if anything, thank you for finally letting me in after having bothering you for like months to finally put me on this thing. So I'm happy to be here, like really, really happy to be here. So yeah, I'm in the mountains of Colorado. Uh, this is my spring break. So we went out to ski. Did that yesterday. Ended up with a concussion. Well, you know, so far, I think I'm mentally ready. You ended up with a what? Honestly, it was it was a terrible. This is life. why you shouldn't be partaking in white people's stuff. This is why you shouldn't be partaking in white people's stuff. Why do you have a concussion? In a crowd of maybe five hundred people, right? My friends were the only black people there. Like, it was kind of scary because when you're dressed up to ski, your whole body's covered, so no one can tell where you are. Then I pull up my my visors, and it's like I'm black. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like it happened a couple of times where folks were like surprised to see another black person on the thing. <laughs> nope, not again. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, uh they're, they're spotting a, a, a rare black <laughs> in the wild, in the wild of the Colorado mountains. Uh, just put that one on the on the punch, punch they, card. They hate to see it. They hate to see it. Um, yeah. So, like I said, we're going to talk about animation and the the beauty of animation, what the medium can do, mm-hmm. and hopefully, maybe give the fans a new movie to watch or a new perspective on a movie that they already like. Yeah. And. Anyone who says they don't like animation right now has at some point liked animation. Because, like, the first thing you grow up, like, watching as entertainment, like, is always a cartoon or animated thing. So, like, it's kind of surprising how, like, over time people say, oh, I don't like it anymore. And, like, that was the first sort of entertainment you got growing up. It's crazy. That sounds like a short start at OBR, who doesn't watch animation because, as has been documented in this podcast, he has no joy in his heart. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to go into, what's your, what's your film? Okay, so I'll, I'll be talking about Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, came out twenty sixteen. Um, amazing, amazing um, stop motion animated. Okay. Oh, yeah. Movie. I haven't seen that, so yeah. Okay, we're going to go straight into that immediately after this quick break. So Kubo and the Two Strings. I haven't seen that, so this is like I'm happy that that's your choice. Um, when did you watch it? Where did you watch it? Why do you love it so much? What's so special about it? So, the movie came out in 2016, right? I don't know if this was a thing in the UK, but in the US, there was a, this app called Movie Pass where for $10 a month, you could basically watch up to 15 movies a month. And me and my friends used to, like, abuse the hell out of it. We would, like, every day we watch, like, a movie. So, that summer of 2016, we watched so many movies on the Movie Pass thing. So I think that was a movie that like I was not really looking forward to as much, but just because I had the like the option to see free movies, 
I went to go see and oh my god, that movie spoke to my heart in a way that I haven't seen like seemed like in a minute. It was a very heartfelt movie. So for people that haven't seen it like me, what's the basic premise of the film? Okay, so the very basic premise, right? You have this this kid and he's uh he's an orphan, right? And he's he's trying to basically trying to find his parenthood. He's a he's an orphan who plays the a guitar, I don't know what you call it, but like a string instrument in the marketplace sort of thing. And the, basically, it's one of those like, you know, adventure kind of movies where like, you know, I have the hero at the beginning, he's off to look for something, and then he goes on on his whole journey with some companions, and, you know, he comes back home, changed, finds the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those movies, but that's the way that the movie is structured in terms of like, first off, right, the movie is stop motion animated, which is like where you use puppets and move them every so like the tiny bits every frame mm-hmm. and when you play it back it looks like continuous motion so it's a very hard process to do and mm-hmm. just knowing that and watching the movie it's it's you can see like the passion and like the the work that went into it and that's kind of what i appreciate about the movie just the way it looks and sounds was just so perfect it's it's a great story first of all right? like, i mean no matter how good or polished like the animation might be if it's a bad story it's a bad story and much can't change mm-hmm. about that. But yeah, the technical aspect of like the beauty of this movie to be witnessed by everyone. Yeah, I think it was. I remember it being a very it wasn't as big as like obviously the Pixar films. And I think it had yeah. it had its moment, but it wasn't that moment didn't last that long. Yeah. The studio as a whole had a couple of movies that you might have seen. Like I think that Paranormal, the the box trolls. They make a lot of those sort of like um Tim Burton stop motion kind of I think they also did Nightmare Before Christmas. So a lot of those sort of like stop motion movies, like all older focused sort of movies. And yeah, that's kind of their work. But okay. it's just a thing where like it's um as animation improves, right? The technology improves and you know, from 2D hand drawn to like 3D animation and all the stuff that's being done now, it's just always nice to see like companies of you know people who are still like making great things in traditional forms. So how do you, how would you pitch this film to someone who hasn't seen it? First thing I would say is, do you like good storytelling, right? Do you like beautiful music? Do you want to laugh? Do you want to cry? Do you want to be entertained? And do you want to leave overall a changed person? Oh, wow, that's... Right? Here's a movie for you. That's my pitch. That's a high bar. That's okay. Fair enough. That's... It's a movie that, you know how um, a lot of times, right, when... It's a movie for kids, right? Like, oh, let's be honest, it's, it's animated. That's generally... Uh, uh, what's it called? A medium for children. But it's also a movie that has like a lot of depth to it because the movie deals with an orphan trying to find his parents. And I mean, I don't know how spoilery this wants to get into. Makes the whole thing seem very worthwhile. Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Also, the music, right? The music it has a lot of um covers of older, like the Beatles and some. There's a particular song, When My Guitar Silently Weeps or something. Yeah, when my guitar faintly weeps, that was covered for the song for the like a song on the album for the movie that is really really heart wrenching. The whole even the the whole what's it called accompanying soundtrack was was very haunting. It really really like played well into the story itself. Mm. Yeah, it sounds very maybe maybe this is my my reason to go back and finally finally watch it because i remember just it slipping through the cracks for me so maybe i can finally go back and watch it now yeah if yeah you should i think it's definitely one of those platforms and everything okay do you have any final thoughts on cuban two strings before we move on to my my film yeah um 
overall thought beautiful movie great art form if you want to also hear some of your like you know your your most favorite actors play interesting characters like in a voice booth it's, it's also a good way to check it out yeah i actually just googled it and it does have some of my favorite actors in Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey so so yeah well my film is the downright incredible classic 2015 film inside out it's so for all those who've not seen or who have somehow not heard about inside out it's a film that examines the feelings of an 11 year old girl and how these feelings kind of interact to result in the eventual character and eventual person that you see so what is the internal chemistry that is going on between these different facets of her life mm-hmm. that results in this in this person? And I really like this film and I, I rewatched it again in preparation yeah. for this podcast. And it's just it's just really good. It hits all the marks. It's it's a good film. It kind of gets it, on this rewatch, it kind of got me into a lull. I was like, okay, I just, I remember this film, I remember what happens, and I remember how things go. And then for anyone who's what the film, that's like that emotional crux happens and I was just it just hit me again because like it's just so well done. Yeah, yeah. This movie means something to me because it was it was probably the first time and at the risk of sounding too morose, it was the first time I was really fed a lesson which I kind of needed at that at that time and it was a lesson of the importance of sadness. It was this is it was a time period where I think most people go through that age group are living with a lot of sadness and this was a movie that was candy colored and aimed at younger demographic i was saying look sadness is legit sadness is don't try to put the sadness in a circle don't try to dispel the sadness like you need that sadness to exist like you need that sadness to be part of you and i think it was it was a lesson that i needed affirmed for me at that point in time it was a lesson that I was that need to be like, okay, look, what you're feeling isn't isn't wrong. You don't need to try and get rid of it. Like you just need to embrace it and find the alchemy where it can like work with with all the other emotions that you you do feel at random points. And yeah, I think that final 15, 10, 15 minutes of the film where it essentially lays out its its thesis as that, as like you need sadness to have joy. Yeah was was very important to me at the time. It was very important to me when I rewatched it again, when I rewatched it recently. And I was just like... I think something that animation does, like, really well, like, Pixar specifically, but, like, most animation houses do really well, is there always, like, some sort of lessons to it, but whenever a um, lesson or, like, the, the morale of, like, some movie, animated movie specifically, hits you at the right time, right? It, it's, it's the most, like, it's hard to explain how, like, I mean, I was going to save this for so, but like the movie, like the lesson of that movie, right? Like the way it came at just the right time in my life was very important. And it really helped me like, like feel, understand myself and life. better. I think you said the same thing about how Inside Out hit you. It's mm-hmm. just animation has a way of like speaking to people in a way that like, in a way that if it's the message that you want or you need to hear at that time, it's, it's very, which everyone has, like for me, when I was growing up, much younger it was lion king and just the fact that like something about that movie right came at the right time for me and has stayed with me all through the years i think yeah it's, that's one reason why i always love animation mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and there are usually so there are usually so many lessons that you don't have to you it you don't know what lesson you're gonna learn depending on what stage in your life you're in. So you could watch a movie now, Inside Out Now, for example, and pick a lesson. But you watch it in ten years' time, you pick a different lesson. Oh, you watch it ten years ago, you pick a different lesson. It's it, it, it's just it is it is yeah the the layers to this like yeah there's a, the timelessness that goes beyond like the technology or like the visual actual aspect of it that just that that stays that stays relevant yeah I could I could show I could show a child today an animated movie from like 1970s yeah and they would feel the same sort of emotion that I would have felt at mm-hmm. the time without in a way that like if I watched a movie from 1970s while I would still enjoy it like the technical or like just the the way it looks or sounds or like things about it might just date itself in the way that animation doesn't. Like it's hard to really date an animation unless you have, you know, pop culture references and all of that. Yeah. Another reason why for me it's, it's that movie because it's the first time I remember interpreting a film beyond what was on screen. So obviously this movie just gives, what you can see from this movie is, is a story about the feelings of an 11-year-old girl and how that affects the actual girl and stuff like that. And I remember... I remember being in a conversation with someone on Twitter and I kind of pitched that I thought I was having this conversation with like a film TV critic of one of these sites that I used to read, but wrote this thing about how I felt like, even though I didn't, I don't, I don't necessarily like using the term, but like I spoke about how I felt like Inside Out was a very feminist film. Hmm. I think that was, this was the same year Mad Max Fury Road came out and other people, so people were like, oh, these are the quote unquote feminist films of the year. And I was like, Inside Out is being overlooked because this is a movie that is saying that, one, this 11-year-old girl's emotions are important and what she feels are important. And this girl is holistic and she's comprised of several different things and she can be different things. She can be sad and joyful and angry. And it was like, you should see that or appreciate that in them. And it was like, no, like, I'm not saying it's not... It's not gonna set feminist literature like a light. It's not the thing that is gonna be like, oh wow, let's look at it. But it was just, I felt like in its very little, like just the brilliant Pixar way, in its very little way, it was having, it was saying this thing that, in the right eyes, I felt like, and also in the right ears, felt like it could make that message. It was like, so it was the first time I I sat down and like interpreted a movie beyond what was on the poster. Mm, Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if this is the same argument you're making, but, like, watching the movie, right, Inside Out, like, having, you know, there's a way that, like, media has always portrayed teenage girls as, like, these, like, hormonal monsters who are mean and, like, they're moody and, like, they haven't really, like, ever, I mean, not, obviously, the movies have done this before, but it's always the thing where, like, the teenage girl is just this, you know, moody, sad, like, high schooler who is trying to, I mean, movies recently have changed that, but seeing it at the time where, like, her inner feelings or like her like the reason for the agency in her actions right was like understood on the outside like in her real life as well as inside as her feelings and were going through their own story so mm-hmm. i kind of really enjoyed the two parts of that like the way if you're watching just the movie right from the outside right just without any of the emotions being involved just a teenage girl who has to go to a new city and how she's feeling about that it's already a really like it's, i mean it's not the most innovative story but it's, it's interesting on its own but adding the layer of like the emotions and their own journey and how what they're doing and their own goal is mirroring what's on the outside was it was really good storytelling for me man it was like two things on the same track that kind of just like keep up with each other and like even make each other better on either side it's 
embrace the whole of the character and not only Riley, who is the 11 year old girl, but embrace the whole of the the female protagonist, the feeling, Joy, played by Amy Poehler, or Sadness, played by Phyllis Smith. And it was, it gave them that freedom or to be the whole, right? And not be in a single box. Like, the, the, the movie essentially does end with Joy and Sadness becoming one and teaming and everything. And I think that was always, that to me worked like as a very good metaphor in that you couldn't be one thing. Like you said, media had portrayed teenage female female teenagers as being moody or yeah, just like a it's not yeah, a particular box, right? And it it kind of not only it didn't expand that box, it just broke the box. Like so it gave them they had the ability to be everything. And that to me it's showing these female characters in the totality of who they yeah. are. Okay, so before we go ahead and discuss Saw, um, one of our producers, Chinidui Heji, I think he would probably quit this podcast if we don't, if I don't evolve him in, in this episode. So I think I'm just going to give him a quick call. All right, let's have him on. And then get his thoughts. Yeah. Hello? Yo, Chinedu. What's up? Um, so we're doing an animation episode, and I knew you would probably like quit the podcast if we didn't have you on the episode. <laughs> so, I'm so we're going to discuss so in a bit. But before that, why don't you, because Zikora and I have already spoken about like um, animated movies that really touched us like in the past few years. So like, why don't you talk about one that's really got you? Um... There, there's a couple actually. Um, okay. Coco was one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really love Coco. Like, there was just was it was a lot to take in. Yeah, <laughs> I saw I, I I saw it recently after. Basically, I was late to Coco, so I already knew that it was a lot. Yeah. But it was still a lot after <laughs> even I was watching it with like yeah. knowledge. Bro, like, I need to rewatch it again. But like, yeah, it was it was so touching, and it was just like yeah. Yeah, um, uh, watching like you know the, the relationship between like oh spoiler alert by the way if you have not watched Coco it'll be late but yeah um between you know family basically mm-hmm. like getting another family yeah it was something sweet but and uh, a movie that's really special to me is Buddy Inside Out oops yeah. that was that, that was mine as well yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's I don't know it, it just captured it captured something that I hadn't seen before in animation. Mm. Uh, yeah, it talked about emotions in a simplistic level. So that was really good. Um, so yeah, inside out. All right, why don't you speak on that? Um, there was just like a... There were little things that they touched on, obviously, to... Um, like things like, you know, a happy memory that can turn into a sad memory, mm-hmm. even like a significant point in your life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it showed like how important family can be to your life, how important friends can be. So yeah, I I liked how they they broke down, you know, each thing that was important to Riley's life. So there was the honesty island, there was the family island, I think there was the goofball island. Yeah, goofball island. And then yeah. hockey and yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and it showed how like each emotion is important. Every emotion is important mm-hmm. to you. 
you know. It's crazy because I hate anger, like as an emotion, but I love anger in the music. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was my guy. That was actually my guy. Yeah, it was black, so, yeah. Um, I was telling Zikara earlier that the movie came, which was, it was very rare. Even now, it's still very rare for like such for like a kids, quote unquote, kids movie to come and be like, sadness is important. Like it wasn't saying shun your sadness yeah. or try to turn your sadness into joy. It was like, look, sadness is important and you need to have it in you. And like I told you, girl, that was just something that I felt like I needed affirmed at that point in time. I needed the fact that somebody was like, sadness is important and that sadness that you have, don't run away from it. Like embrace it and keep it alive. Yes. What I really loved was also it capturing, you know, like the child in like the innocence of a child. Mm-hmm. So obviously the first thing she experienced was joy. Yeah. So and, and then obviously as as the movie progresses, more emotions start coming in. And then a lot of your memories as a child, or depending on your childhood, but a lot of her memories as a child were, you know, joyful memories. But then obviously as you grow up, you start to there are other things that influence your emotions. So you start to experience sadness, you start to experience what well, disgust in the movie, you start to experience anger. And then when puberty hits or when puberty is about to hit, you start to experience all these things that come mm-hmm. together to, you know, like when when sadness, when joy finally figure out that sadness is actually important as well. It's not just me that's running the show. So she let her start running things. And then you see them like the the memories, the core memories, they start getting mixed colours. It wasn't just joy. So I really yeah. liked how they captured, yeah. you know, how like our life goes from the innocence and just the pure happiness that a child comes into life with, or at least most children come into life with. And then, you know, progressively, you progressively get more emotions as you grow up and you progressively get the capacity to take in more emotions. And yeah, I, 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 mm. I love that. Um, I think it also, it also kind of plays with memory. And how we remember things. Because I think when you're, like you said, when you're younger, we remember the good yeah. things as good things, yeah. which is what joy does. But as you grow older and you remember the context exactly. of everything and the surrounding. Exactly. exactly. Remember that there's a, there's a specific scene where uh, joy was remembering it as this, but then there's a whole different context mm-hmm. that comes through it as well. And you know how, yeah, so like it was actually sadness that brought the joy <laughs> i'm so dead all the memories she had in minnesota were all like happy memories happy memories and then she moved and literally everything just turned to sad memories and it's it's, it's I, I felt the same way as well because like there's a lot of things that at the time they were good to me and then something happened in my life and those memories i couldn't you know sort of mm. recreate them i couldn't go back to them i couldn't like channel them i couldn't even talk to the people in them so those memories became sad and just mixed mm. memories so yeah um inside out captures a whole lot yeah did you have an imaginary friend growing no. up? Oh, actually i had an imaginary football team i used to <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> it's so crazy I was a football star, I promise you. I was a football star with with so like super something strikers. like that. With ah, super strikers were so important to my life. It was very very important to my life. Justin Tiger, Shags, El Mato. So would they be at your? They will be at your the bottom of your pits. Justin <laughs> Tiger, um, Justin Tiger and Kujo. They'll be at the bottom of your pit. Wait wait, let's go back. So wait, you had an entire imaginary football team. Yeah, 
Yes, I did. With, so you just sit down and just with, with made of dreams. names. With bro, with made of names. The like, entire team. I would literally pass to myself, like, oh, this person is passing to this person. And then Chile do scores. And it's like, <laughs> It was it was stuff made of dreams, literally. Like <laughs> I don't even want to ask you because just just to save your face for people that are going to listen, I don't ask you how old you oh, are. Just, let's oh let's let, let's let it no, be. No, no, no. Don't worry, I was in double digits age at that time. I was up to ten for for sure. <laughs> An entire team. Oh my god! Did you, you have an imaginary friend? Nah, I was. I never. I I don't even think I knew what imaginary friends were. Like yeah. Until like yeah, no, until I was too old to have them. Like I started watching shows that people were talking about, and I, I didn't know what yeah. imaginary friend was at five, six. What? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine if I told if I told a Nigerian parent that Nigeria had an imaginary friend? Can you imagine how they would have reacted? Bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> oh, they would slap it out of me. <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> Yeah, but the, the closest I had to imaginations was literally all football. I just wanted to be, yeah, I wanted to be a football star, but you know that that, that didn't work out clearly. So. You you hurt your knee. I, I know, I know the story. <laughs> if only, if only you hurt your knee, you quick. I actually did. First yeah, well, I I know. Yeah, no. If you hurt your knee, you, you know what I mean. Oh um, my days! But yeah, um, that 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 was um. That was another thing that really got to me, like when her imaginary friend just um, kind of signaled the end of, you know, her complete childhood innocence when, yeah, he disappeared. Yeah, yeah another thing I didn't really like about the movie was just um, Joy. I felt like she was a bit too annoying for me. And, oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, funny enough, one thing I always tell people is like, I don't like people that are overly joyous. Like, I feel, I feel like, like, there's nothing to be so happy about. Yeah, in life, life is not like, fun. Um, that's yeah. interesting that you say that actually because I read, I was watching something, I read something where the writers were talking, and like Joy is one character that went through different phases. They had one that was just okay. terrible, and they're just like she's too obnoxious. But when they were writing this version, like they were afraid that people would think that she was too happy, and like you said, nobody likes people that are too happy. So they tried yeah. to kind of show that like her being happy. Or overly happy was like a defense mechanism, was a coping mechanism. So it was like what she thought Riley needed at that point in time. Like, so if, if example, at the beginning, when they're moving in, her dad, Riley's dad leaves the house, and like everybody's like, all oh, the emotions are stunned. <laughs> and Joy, is, Joy, like, Joy doesn't know what to going? do. She's kind of like, and then she just, she quickly just like, oh, she now becomes very happy and brings in the memory of pizza or dinner or whatever. And then, so that was like, her being overly happy was her way of. One thing I felt was, I, I mean, I get that, but I just felt like she wanted to be the star of the show. Like, every time Sadness wanted to, you know, at least try and do something, she just, when she drew that big circle, <laughs> and she was like, stay here, like, don't leave the um, circle. Like. Yeah, I don't, I think, I don't think she wanted to be the star of the show. I think she thought she was the star of the show, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. You have to I, you have to remember I think these emotions like she was born when Riley was born right so she's actually growing up according to Riley she's probably like a 10 11 year old quote unquote emotion. Fair enough. And I think if somebody's sad right you don't think it's sadness that's going to cure them right if you're 10 <laughs> you're not that you're not that emotionally intelligent right you think that it's joy so she thinks that she's the yes. one that is meant to 
cure Riley and take care of Riley and stuff like that. And so I I could I think I could understand that she she felt like, well, sadness, your sadness. We don't know, we don't necessarily know why you're here. Because every other emotion has like their their purpose. We don't really know what your job is as sadness, but just yeah. infects more of Riley and her memories. It's um, to me, it was even like, well, that's fair enough. And to be honest, that, that makes sense. But it was, it was kind of like, even when, okay, she told Sadness to read the manual, Sadness is trying to direct them to, she doesn't even want to follow, like, hmm. yeah, like, no, no she, she was definitely like, she was, she definitely had her flaws, like, she, but as she was, oh, yeah, I mean, towards the self centered and everything, yeah, she realized the importance. And that was, that was really nice to see. One, one scene that really, that was, it's like my guilty pleasure is when sadness just drags a hand to touch the controls and like that was oh. like, yeah that was so cute. Did you cry? <sighs> you know what? <laughs> the first time I watched this movie, bro, like <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah, okay, my friends are going to be listening, but I can promise you one or two wanted to drop ours. Uh, uh. I, I just can't. I just can't. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big man. Like. So, did you cry? No, I don't. I Have you ever cried for an animation? I can't remember like cried for anything, like for a movie or a TV show. You, you need sadness. Maybe. You, no, you, oh no, no, no! But this thing, I have enough sadness in my life. I think, <laughs> I think maybe it just doesn't want to come when when I'm watching movies. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I cried. I don't remember the last time I cried about something. Okay, um, did you... I, uh, so you've never cried for an animated movie before? I've never, I've never cried for... I can't remember the last time I cried for normal stuff. So no, I haven't cried for an animated movie, no. Oh, fair enough. I think I, another movie I was really close to crying for was probably... It was Lion King when I was young. And um, I think... Does Utopia make me cry? I know Coco and... Uh, there was what's the movie that Rihanna voiced in again? That was Home, right? Oh, Home. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. Oh, you should. Well, I mean, it wasn't great critically, but I think it was like I enjoyed it at the time. Maybe I'll rewatch it. I don't know what. Yeah. It no, I mean, like even like, even this rewatch of Inside Out, like there was, it still got me. There was still a gut punch in that that part when she's at the at the pit. Like that's not. Oh, I'm not trying to say like I don't feel things because I, I don't feel <laughs> things. I'm just like. You know you're playing into the trope that men with podcasts need therapy. Uh-huh. Well, here's the thing. What if I agree with that? <laughs> oh, fair enough. I mean, if anyone, the few people that have followed me in the past three or so years, like I've had the blog for four years. I've used the blog as ther- therapy. And the first episode of this podcast, I talked I talk about how Jennifer Lawrence shaped my my life. So, <laughs> I don't think saying I need therapy is any revolutionary statement. I think like people are like, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah, oh my it dear, it's gonna be fun talking about so then. <laughs> oh yeah, um, not to give anything away, but I watched so on Christmas Day. Okay, alone. Oh Jesus! It was, it was a no, no that wasn't the, yeah, but it was a good. So I watched so. I started drinking towards the end of Soul, and then I went straight into A Star Is Born, like my rewatch of A Star Is Born. What was going so on? So I was drinking. Well, basically, I had not rewatched A Star Is Born since I was in the cinema. I really. When A Star Is Born, like when I've seen lots of taking drunk. 
Yeah, it was. I want, it was. It was an experience. It was a vibe. I wanted to. I wanted to <laughs> luckily, I've watched the movie before. But I was intent, intention was always to watch A Star Is Born with some alcohol in my system. So like, when they started singing, this is not a Star Is Born podcast. I don't want to change it because yeah, yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. that. I'm gonna do that episode one day. I don't know when, but one day. But when they started singing "Shallow" for the first time, like on stage yeah. at the concert, there was enough alcohol in my system that I was like, "Ooh, this is this is an experience." That was so. That was one point where like. I was emotional. Then at the end, obviously, I was... Even sober. Yeah, is, I, I should have like, cried. sober is, like... I'm, I remember just watching it for the first time and, oh, wow, that was something. Like, yeah. 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 Um, okay, well, stick around and let's... We're going to talk about Soul after this no break. No problem, no problem. Welcome back, everyone. So we're going to be discussing Soul now. The latest entry into the Disney Pixar library of emotional, quote unquote, child films. Unfortunately, Zikora had to leave. That's what happens when you're in the, the mountains of Colorado doing white people stuff. <laughs> so, um, it's going to be Chenido and I discussing Soul. So, Soul is, like I said, the latest Disney Pixar film. It's directed by Pete's Doctor, who obviously directed Up. Directed Inside Out. It's also co-directed by Ken Powers and co-written by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Ken Powers. So So is a story about Joe Gardner, a very talented middle school music teacher who has to reunite his soul and his body after they accidentally separated just before his big break. So, so, so funny stars how it avoiding the <laughs> Everything. It was like every every single thing that could happen, like he just, just fell into the manhole. Um it stars it stars Jamie Foxx as Joe Gardner and Tina Fey as twenty-two, a soul in the greats before. Chedu, what are your thoughts on soul? Uh couldn't come at the worst time in my life. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Oh man. Okay. No. That's a great start. <laughs> Oh god, but warning, this might turn into therapy, but yeah. <laughs> I need to, you know, ask the doctor what's what's his what his plan is, like, you know, first inside out and now this one, like what's what's going on? No, first, first up. What, what bro, like what's going on? That inside <laughs> out then this is just like what's actually going on? But yeah, um it's uh I love the movie. Uh I mean it, <sighs> I love the movie, not in the sense that it even brought out positive emotions for me. It was more like, it made me question a lot. Like, it made me think a lot. Mm. You know, like, I I really love animation movies because they take me out of, you know, reality. And this took me out of reality and also made me, you know, ask a lot of questions about myself, about life. It came at a time when I was questioning a lot of things. Um, you know, your purpose, your, like, why we're here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, teaches you to not focus too much on like finding why you're here. Just enjoy life because mm-hmm. you can get lost trying to, you know, fulfill what you think you're here for rather than just, yeah, yeah, rather than just enjoying life. So it was a really good movie and it it touched on, you know, just life in general very, 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 very well. And I love how they simplified <laughs> you know, souls and how children come to earth. Yeah. They, they just um, 
just actually just jump from the sky and enter, <laughs> enter a baby's body. Um, I, like I said earlier, I watched I watched it on Christmas Day when it came out, and I, I think that first viewing was, I just watched it as a film, and I just tried to enjoy it as a film. I didn't really think much about it, mostly because I watched it stars when immediately after. Um, but on this on this second rewatch for this podcast, I and because of it now for the podcast, I was thinking about it a, a lot more. Um, intellectually, I was trying to pick out themes and stuff like that. I had to think about it, and I was just like, "Oh wow, this the the movie is saying so many brave things, so many things that probably that you like, or maybe a child should not be listening yes, to." And what I said earlier about how you interpret these films differently at what stage of your life you're in, right? And the way I interpreted this film watching it again this week is different from how I interpreted it like five months ago or a year ago. And it's it's very interesting because it's it's telling you that yes, it's important to to have that that spark, right, for life. But that spark is not what we yes, think. Exactly. Or what we believe that spark to be. Everybody like exactly. and like like obviously um Jerry says it is like you mentors and your purpose of life and everything. Like you guys believe that a spark means oh I have to save the world or I have to be a great musician or I have to be a great artist. But a spark is just looking it up in the sky and and loving it. Like looking at babies laughing and loving it, looking at leaves falling yeah. and just enjoying life. That's what they yeah. describe as a spark. And it's 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 a tough a tough thing to take. Like you said, obviously you said it came at a worst, at a terrible point for you, but it's something when you're trying to strive for something, trying to achieve something, yeah. and because you know, no matter how many great and nice sounding morals you might hear, you know you're still trying to achieve this thing, and your life really needs that thing in it. So it's it's very difficult to take. Okay, I need to stop placing so much pressure on that thing and maybe don't push out like oh i'm going to start living my life when i get that thing right you can live your life now you can live your life when you don't have that thing you can live, live your life when you have nothing it's all about living your life and living your life is entirely in your hands it doesn't have anything to do with what you have or what you've achieved or how far you are away from your goal it just depends on you and your mindset and yeah it's i don't like that pixar like ampy doctor always like sit down and and take this hard, hard existence, like you know, looking at the mirror. It, it's so it, it's so cool, and obviously there's the elephant in the room that this is the first, um, the first Pixar film that has a black a black lead, yeah, and it's predominantly black cast: Angela Bassett, Felicia Rashad, um, Richard Ayoade, and it's 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 nice, and like I think Jamie Fox did it. Wonderful job, by the way. Yeah, he did. I think Jimmy Fox and Antonio Fee were quite good. Um, and it's different because of something like Coco, right? That story was very specific to that culture, right? And it oh, couldn't, yes, yes, yes. It could have been a white person doing that story. So even though that was a pleasing step forward for for Pixar and everything, like right, it was it was inevitable that if you tell that story, you had to use someone of that yeah, yeah um, culture. This story could have been a white person. It could have been a white man. It could have been a white woman. Maybe you'd have had to change jazz, just whatever. And yeah. but like, yeah, it's it, it, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that this they were like, no, let's use a black man and let's make it like a black man's life. It's because it, it could have been anybody. So that's I think that's a good step forward. And hopefully, look, hopefully they can. Is it 
is way too late. Pixar has been kind of behind in having a black character lead for the first time in 2020. 2020. So hopefully they can they can build on that. <laughs> let's let's talk about Terry. Cool, hilarious. I know all of us. Anyone that has had any job, literally any job, whatever, you've had a Terry. <laughs> you've had a Terry in your job. It's just like, oh my! No one is paying oh, you extra. God. Just calm down. <laughs> you know, the, 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 there are so many parts that I loved about him. Like, I remember when he made them give him an award. Yeah, for, you know, <laughs> his spectacular job. <laughs> and then the another part that just made me laugh was when they were like, "There's so many Garcias in here." Like he was going through the files and. He wanted to make sure that yeah, he like, found... like I was like Terry, calm down a bit. Like you're not. <laughs> He's not even at the top, you know. Like, yeah, no, no, just, no, that's the an accountant. They are never at the top. Those guys. Those guys <laughs> are never. Anyone that is listening to this and has had a job. Oh, for me, NYC. It's like you're like you just step back and like why are you like you're not getting paid extra. Sure, why are you why are you so invested in this like this like <laughs> calm down like it's not that deep. I'm just like. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, he 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 was he was he was a fucking character. He wanted to make sure everything was on point, and his archaic ways of counting souls needs to be mentioned. Like, why are you using abacus? Oh, why are you using the bloody abacus? And it's so funny because for someone who was so good at his job, it was why was he so easily distracted at the end? Right? Just just moved one. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I love Terry. I love Terry. The Great Beyond. I would have loved to see what the Great Beyond was like. I mean, I don't want to see. Him I think that might be that. That was a bit even too much, even for Pete Doctor. He was like, <laughs> this is even me, even for me, this is too much to go. <laughs> like, I don't really want to tell you what happens when you die. That's a bit. Oh my god. Let's be honest. It's still you know, a child you know, film. You know, you know one thing I want to try, and we don't approve of drugs in this podcast, but I'd like to rewatch. Uh, <laughs> we watch this movie and see what the zone is like with you know just the sprinkle of of, of THC. I would like to. I guess I, I'm not going to. You, yeah, something. If yeah. you if if you partook in drugs, something you might have considered. Yeah, doing. yeah. Yes. No, I, I understand. Was, you know, yeah. Into drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The zone looks like a very nice. This is a hashtag wholesome wholesome podcast. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but even the zone, it was like this. Is, first of all, there was an incredible. I don't know if you follow basketball, but it was like an incredible Knicks Knicks joke in the. Oh yeah, uh, like, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. just like that was from nowhere. <laughs> well, I was even going to mention like it's it's um it's uh it, it also the film also tells you like your spark might not even be like it might just be something that you enjoy that gets you there like mm-hmm. like. It ranged from basketball to someone. Um, ah, there was uh, there was another short clip right before that. I can't remember. It was the actress performing Shakespeare? I think. Oh yes, 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 the actress. And then there's also Joe, you know, playing the piano. And he wasn't playing the piano, you know, like he can be playing the piano by himself. He can yeah. play it as his job. Your your spark could literally be just anything. That just even walking can get you in the zone. Yeah, like if you um, have music in, and you know. Yeah, like Moonwind. That's the guy that's voiced by Graham Norton. He says that he was once a lost soul because he his spark was was Tetris at that time. Like it was just yeah. just playing Tetris. Like it, it's just <laughs> anything that I get you there. And like he said something very very like look. I'm I was like fuck you guys, man. Fuck Pixar. Because like it's, why are you saying this? Because he was like because when he's like oh 
there is not much difference between being in the zone and being a lost soul, right? It was like when joy becomes an obsession, one becomes disconnected yeah. from life. Yes. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what what are you what are you saying? Why are you saying this to me? I was like, yeah, obviously it makes sense. It's like when when you're chasing that high that you get from succeeding and you get, you get lost in life. You get lost in it and that, and that's what you forget. You forget about everything else. You forget about love, you forget about family. It's like obviously and I'm just like, oh, okay. Okay, Pixar. The guy, the, 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 uh, was it the investment banker that he snapped out of the zone and he slapped all the <laughs> it's like, why? It's like, why am I doing this in my life? <laughs> oh, my days. Uh, yeah, and it's just like, the movie's telling you that, like, you can't be too focused on your dreams. Yeah, Even though we um, are led to believe that we can't. You need to take a step back and, you know, just, like, you... <sighs> In a way, Joe was even hard on himself. Mm-hmm. Like he was hard on himself because obviously I can I can imagine you know being a middle aged guy, you, know, you still have to go to your mom for stuff, and she's still kind yeah. of telling you what career path to go to. Um, so I'm guessing he he was hard on himself, but you need to take it easy and you know just realize that like just enjoy life and not like be hard on yourself because you haven't gotten to where you want to be. It's, uh, I don't know yeah. how to put it. Into, and the thing about like, Joe is that he was very innocent in the way that he wanted his goal. Oh yeah, definitely. He didn't definitely. want. He didn't want to be be famous. He wasn't looking for fame. He wasn't looking for money. He just, he just, just wanted, wanted, like he said, he I, I would die a happy man if I get to play with Dorothy Williams once. He just wanted to be able to perform with the best people on the best stage. He didn't care about. He, could, he would have done, done it for free, right? And the thing about that is that when you're someone like that, right, he's so focused on doing it so well because he loves music that he wasn't realizing how much joy he was getting from teaching music to those kids, right? He, he saw it as, as a stopgap, like, like I'm, I'm destined to do it with bigger people, right? And like he didn't realize that I'm actually enjoying teaching these kids. The, the girl, I can't remember her name now. Even, the, yeah, even the yeah, when she wanted to, when she wanted to quit and twenty two was like, Oh, why did she change her mind? And he was like, Oh, she loves doing it. She's just like probably anxious about it. Even in uh, the the first scene when she's performing and like you see his eyes light up when she like go yes, gets into the zone and like yeah. but he was so blinded by his obsession to be to perform at a bigger stage that he didn't realise how much he was enjoying that and how much he enjoyed like because I think I think Joe between where the movie stops and the end of his life, he's going to have a very fulfilling life and he's going to be very happy because he's going to realize how much he enjoys the little things, how much he enjoys just teaching his students and making the students get better. And maybe he has the next Curly who be, who becomes a drummer for Dorothy Williams and just going with his mom and her mom's, his mom's friends. And like, yeah, it's, it's very... Because he's not someone that you're like, oh, this guy was just wanted fame and money and he was just yeah, focused on yeah. that. That's not he just wanted to be able to perform. And And it's good that they used it's good that they used someone like that because you can then imagine someone that's chasing it for money. You can you can imagine how much pressure you then put on yourself. Yeah. Someone that in a sense was putting that pressure on himself. He just wanted to he he didn't want to, you know. Yeah, uh, and like blue or yeah, yeah. The movie's like okay, take the, show me this is what you exactly. want. Take it, exactly. Take it, and then you realize that <laughs> it's not what you need. Like it's not, exactly. it's not actually all that. 
also touches on when you actually then achieve what you obsess over and it's almost like okay what next like I, I didn't plan to I didn't plan to do anything past this space like yeah I it's kind of like what we to. it's kind of like what we said in the um shout out to our Queen's Gambit podcast where it's like um when you get there yeah. what, what, what yeah. happens next what yeah, do you, just... you you need to there is more to life beyond that thing that you're chasing yeah. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I say this now and I'm going to finish recording this podcast and I'm going to go back and think about how to chase what I'm chasing and I'm going to keep on doing that. But I think Same. what is important is that it's not going to change my entire mindset, right? Watching Soul is not going to change my entire mindset. But I want that once in a while I remember Soul and I'm like, okay, take a step back. Calm down. There is more to life. I don't think I'm going to stop chasing what I'm chasing because that's where I'm in my life, right? I really want to yeah. achieve that. But I think one day I remember, you know what? Just take a step back and calm down and there is more to life. And I think that's what, that's what you, you, we're not going to automatically become Moonwind who is satisfied by just flipping flipping a sign 24-7, right? That's not who we're going to become, but hopefully we well, can get to a point where we're like, okay, don't push yourself beyond your limits. Calm down, take a step back, Look at the sky, look at the sun, and just enjoy life. Right. And that's the hope, man. That's the hope. One thing they really captured was the innocence of a child, you know, when she, um, when 22 came into, like, came into Earth. Even even the whole subway thing, like taking half full <laughs> half full drink, <laughs> um, first taste of pizza, yeah, first, first smell of pizza. pizza. Speaking of innocence of children, I think this movie kind of pairs well. It's like a very good companion piece with Inside Out. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because yes. it kind of gives you the before from if you're looking from twenty two perspective, it's the before you become a baby, and then you become a baby Inside Out. Right, and you have to start dealing with emotions and human emotions and enjoying life and stuff. So it's a very weird but good companion piece. It's, it's also interesting because she she was was given the choice to come to Earth time and time again, and she it's I can't like from we've we've been speaking about it from Jewish point, but from her point, it's like she she was given the choice to come to Earth, and she was always turning it down with her mentors and everything. And then she comes to Earth and she sees, like, you know, these little things mean a lot, actually. You know, she was on top of, was it a vent in the streets? Mm-hmm. And it just felt nice. It just, like, just little things, like going to the beach. Little things like maybe, you know, drinking, like, your favorite soda. Maybe. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, those, those, uh, those things like... can, it, it makes life just worth it. I think mean, life is the sum of its parts. Isn't it? Yeah, it's right now I would, I would, I would kill for a magnum almond ice cream. So little things like that—they're my spark. <laughs> they're your spark. That's that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. But yes, um, so I, I, I also loved it from her perspective. She, um, you know, you, you, you basically fall in love with her, like uh, as the, as the movie, you know, carries on. From literally, even from when before, when she's just the soul, and you know, when she finally comes back, like, when she's just the soul, she's so hilarious. She was so, <laughs> she was so hilarious. Every like way she was making impressions, even the haircut and the conversation with the barber, 
That was really good. I mean, I think that was I think that was probably my best scene in the film. Oh yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, even like it's 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 also a, a it's a it's a it's a nice summary because the barber talks about how he wanted to go to vet school, and then Joe and oh well, twenty two was like oh, um, basically saying oh he's unhappy, but he's like no, I'm I'm happy doing this thing. Like I'm happy cutting hair. I get to meet amazing people like you. I get to. You know, meet new people. I get to have conversations, and it's also like Joe was so fixated on you know getting those things. He never actually mm-hmm. had conversations with anybody about like you know like things about their life. Yeah, he was only focused. So he was so focused on jazz that he did not see anything else. He did not he did yeah. not form any other relationships. So yeah. he never spoke to the barber. It was like, and it was the fact that twenty two had literally had. No care in the world about jazz. I just was able to have that conversation with him yeah. and that connection with him, and so yeah. What, what gets me in the zone? What gets you in the zone? What gets me in the zone? It's weird now because now I'm thinking the zone as in like the real zone, not what I thought the zone was. Like basically the zone that this movie is trying to tell us it is. Yes. And I don't like that you've asked me this question. Sorry, we asked no questions. In the I'm meant to be the one leading the conversation. Um. <laughs> Gets me in the, what gets me in the zone? Do you know something I really like? What? I like when my friends... I like seeing my friends succeed. And I know that sounds like... But I can't... Because I'm not... This is not my therapy session, right? So I'm not going to talk about my own self and what about <laughs> me gets me in the zone. But I do like when I can see my friends succeed. I like... I like seeing that. That, that. that makes me... That makes me happy enough to be in the zone. But like, obviously the other things like... There, there are times when I've acted in like performances, and like during that, I'm like, oh, okay, right now, what we're doing, we're like, we're doing, we're doing good in this moment and stuff like that. There are times when I've written stuff and I'm reading it back, and I'm like, oh, this is just a very good paragraph. You spitting, bro. But that's those are all professional, and I don't want to talk about professional stuff because obviously that's what the movie is literally the opposite of that. But I don't know if I don't know if it's we can use the zone, but I'm I'm very happy when I just see other people with it because it also means that they are more successful and they can pay for me and i can do stuff for free so <laughs> selfish i don't know maybe but i like seeing my friends i like seeing my friends do well so i guess maybe we can put that as what gets me in the zone but so apart from magnum what what gets you in the zone ah uh, this right here <laughs> what's that juice orange juice innocent look here innocent okay um bits or without bits though without bits come on man Okay. I mean, yes, come okay. on. I can yeah. have five pounds in my account, okay. and I'll literally spend three pound twenty on this. <laughs> Do you know I've had two of this in the last two days? Oh, that's it's it's actually a, it's a problem. Like Loki, I mean, your zone can become a problem. Like <laughs> when joy becomes an obsession, it <laughs> from life. Shout out to Moonwind. Um, so maybe you're maybe you're close to becoming a lost soul. <laughs> but I love making plays. And I love making playlists for my friends, and you know, like, oh, like this is the playlist that ah, this is a playlist that encompasses how I feel about you or the music that we've shared. Yeah, that's okay. it, it. Sounds very moist now that I say it out loud. No, just like the fact that you can say this is a playlist that encompasses how I feel for you, like about you, like. I can't put that into music. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that, that gets me in the zone. When I'm making it, when I send it, you know, the reaction, it just gets me in the zone. So the zone is a nice place. We should explore it more often rather than just 
Get out of life. So yeah, um, yeah. Oh, this was this was a very wholesome and emotional podcast. So let's end it there. <laughs> let's end it there. Shadu, thank you for making your behind the mic debut on the podcast. Um, thank you to Sikora Agbapu. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't finish it, but we hope to have him back. Um, Thank you to my co-host, my regular co-host, Obia Georgi Fiacho, who has no emotion in him, so he couldn't be on this episode. Yeah, he's in his spark, isn't he, Maggie? <laughs> That's probably, that'll probably be his spark, you know, And but we know, we're not, we don't endorse that on this podcast. We don't endorse that being your spark on this podcast, so, so it's, a good, it's a good thing we didn't have him on. McDonald's being your spark. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to our producer, Ibuka Namani. Really hope everybody has loved this episode. Um, yeah, thank you to everyone who's still listening. Thank you to everyone who still gives us feedback and still somehow talks about the podcast. We love it. Um, please tell your friends. Share with your friends. It's just a bunch of nerds talking about film and TV. If anything, you guys can gather around and laugh at us, but at least just give us our views. Um, yeah, man. So we'll see you guys next week. Please stay safe. Please take care of yourselves. We're almost out of this. And yeah, next week we'll be back with someone that gives me a spark. <laughs> Jump where you go. Bye, everyone.